Hello and welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Inka Larissa. And my name is Jennifer Rose. Together we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. A warm whiskey sister's welcome. In today's episode, you can test your pronunciation skills as our guest, Agav Obrin, also known for being the Gallic consultant on Outlander. Yes, in this week's episode, we have a fun competition going between me and Jennifer. Ooh, uh, who's going to yeah. win? Who's going to win? Uh, you can actually find all the distillery names that we will be discussing in today's episode on our Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, where we challenge you, our listeners, to pronounce one or two or all the names using your Instagram stories. So if you post your little video and pronounce the names, we will then share it if you tag us. And we That's can all right. have a good laugh. Exactly. See it's doing properly and all that. <laughs> we'll put ours, ones, ours as well somewhere. So you exactly. can laugh at us. <laughs> have no shame. The Whiskey yeah. Sisters have no shame. It's all good. <laughs> First, let's hear where we've been sticking our noses into recently. Stick your nose in it. So talking about Outlander which seems to be the team here. Mm. Uh, did you know there are plans to open a distillery and a visitor centre to a location known from Outlander? Oh, yes, I did read about this because this was a, a good few weeks ago that uh, that came out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. bit so, old news, but hey-ho. Yeah, hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the location, um, Midhope Castle Distillery, I think it is, near Edinburgh, was featured um, in Outlander as the home of, I guess, the main character, Jamie Fraser. Yeah, I think that's what it said. Um, I don't really know much about Outlander. It doesn't mean anything to me. I haven't watched a single episode. Have you not, Inca? Not one? No. Well, I started watching a wee bit, but I just never got into it. But maybe I'll try again. I watched season one. I've got to say, there's a lot of bare backsides in it. It's quite <laughs> racy. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't watch enough. <laughs> Do you know, there's kilts flying everywhere. I don't know if that continues in, in future seasons. I think there's just, you know, one came out, um, you know, in March, another season. So I haven't tuned into that. So I hope I don't disappoint anybody that tunes into the recent <laughs> Um, season in, in case there's no bare backsides. But anyway, I digress. Mid, <laughs> Midhope Castle Distillery submitted a planning application to build the distillery next to the castle ruin. But there isn't any more news on that at the moment. Yeah, so it's still on the planning commission, Yay. maybe. But we'll see, we'll see. Maybe it will happen. Um, but a bit off the topic, actually... I saw that Sha Sam Hewn. Oh, that's the actor that played Jamie Fraser. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he said recently that Nicholas Sturgeon would be his dream dinner guest. Really? So was, yeah, exactly. It was a big headline somewhere <laughs> on the internet. So I was wondering like, if she would be then his dream dram companion and whether he would share a dram of his own whiskey with her. Yeah, good question. Mm. Wow. Do you so think if he's listening? 
let us know <laughs> yeah let us know who your dream jam companion would be yeah but that's a quite good choice i quite like that i wonder if she would really let her hair down i know she's got short hair but after a couple <laughs> of drams yeah. she's got a serious job anyway we'll stay off the topic of politics and we'll keep it about yep. the good stuff whiskey but yeah with sam hewan that you mentioned the, the mm. actor that plays the main character he's He's involved in the whiskey industry, isn't he? You know, he's got yes. his own whiskey, I think. It's called Sassanach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was, um, I think it was last year, maybe, like a court case with a German distiller. And he lost, and he can't use the name in the EU, I think, oh. or in Germany or something. Yeah, I was a bit confused because it's still called the same. So I don't know whether he's just not selling in certain countries. That must be a total hassle for him. Yeah, and I think the name was just linked to the show. That it was, is it like his nickname or something in the show? And I think the f very first episode was called that. I think it's the nickname of his other half, the female oh. in it. I can't remember okay. her name, but like he, he would call her Sassanach. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it's, it's blended scotch, which sounds uh, quite sweet. Like the tasting notes, it's like mm -hmm. butterscotch and vanilla and runny honey and blah, blah, blah. So okay. I think it will be quite sweet. Probably, I don't know, might be nice. Well, uh, Sam Hewn, if you want us to do some tasting notes for the show, slip into the DMs, you know the score. Agavubrin. So our next guest is the Master of Gaelic Language, and he actually worked as the Gaelic consultant for the TV show Outlander. Welcome, Agiv O'Brien. Give me the time. Thanks very much. Yes, <laughs> welcome. We are very excited, albeit I'm quite nervous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm quite okay by it. By the time, you know, we've got to this episode, I'm used to, you know, just blundering through and Inca correcting me on various things. But I feel I should know more than I do. And I'm going to be fully exposed in this episode. But do you know what? Bring it on. I know. I think we're like the blind leading the. <laughs> 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 when it comes to pronouncing all the distillery names, we're like, oh, no, well, no, this is how you say it. I think this is how you let's, say it. Let, let's let's uh, have a wee uh, warm up then, and we'll have me say something Finnish, right? And you can correct me, <laughs> yeah. right? And then, you know what I mean? And then it would just be one sided, right? So I'm going to try and say good evening. And if I remember rightly, it was Huva Ilta. Ah, very good. Huva Ilta. Yeah, you Huva. would just say. Yeah, it's just a little bit longer on the Huva. Huva. Huva Ilta. Yeah. Right. Nice. So do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about your background, uh, how you got into Gaelic <clears throat> language? Is it something you've always been speaking or is it something more recent? My, my people's story is really one of immigration to the cities. My Highland folk from the Highland part of Caithness and, and originally some of them from Sutherland immigrated, came into Edinburgh for work. Um, and my father's people were, were Irish and they came into Glasgow school for work, um, you know, after the, the famine and then world wars and goodness what, you know, lot, lots of yeah. lots of difficult stuff going on. And and that's really the, the story of how they, they made it to Glasgow and kind of a, managed to just about survive, you know, and then the, <laughs> eventually I came along. Um, and so obviously the Irish Gaelic on my, my father's side and Scottish Gaelic on my, my mother's side, although, I mean, really there just used to be a kind of spectrum of dialects from, you know, the very south of Ireland right up to the north of Scotland. Or, it was really one culture, the Gaelic culture, until fairly recently. I only had the one grandmother uh, who was on the scene while I was growing up, 
and she was always very, very insistent about my Highland roots and that I was a Highlander, even though I grew up between Glasgow and, and Argyle. But she passed me on the whole family history, uh, you know, old handwritten family trees with ink and wow, you know, ink and a quill, and, you know, and all that sort of a thing. And it was just very insistent that the, the Gaelic language should have been ours. We should be speakers. Yeah. And the only reason we, we aren't is because of kind of colonial intervention, you know, the sort of... Mm. Uh, the British colonial system. So she passed on this kind of fire and when she was lying in her bed, you know, shortly before she passed away, she was 100 years old, you know, and so she oh, goes, wow. and you'll bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> Coming up, you know, and, and no pressure. Going, if I didn't sort that out, she'd have been back to haunt me. So, um, she sounds to, so fiery, so passionate. Uh, she, she definitely was. That's how I get into it. And I learned the standard tongue first. And then because I'd grown up partially in Argyle, um, I started going back out there and reconnecting with the place that I'd spent my childhood in. And just, I just started tracking down all the oldest folk that I could find to see if they had a memory of the language and um, then started recording them, you know, going to see them and making recordings and uh, just getting their memories of the language and any phrases or words they remembered. And from there, I kind of re, I suppose I reconstructed the dialect of that area of Central Argyle and, and I've raised my kids with it ever since they um, they were, they can speak, they've spoken a Gaelshire dialect. So, Oh my God, so such an, such an honouring of your heritage, of those mm-hmm. ancestral roots and carrying yeah. it forward to your kids. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. My first priority was to honour the place that I grew up and that had given me, you know, such a wonderful experience of Highland scenery and sights and smells and sounds, yeah. you know. That's wonderful. It is. Absolutely. Mm. Inc has already mentioned that you were a consultant for the popular um, TV series Outlander, which, you know, some of our listeners might be more familiar with. Yeah. So, What's it been like, you know, being involved in a project like that? And yeah, can you can you fill us in? I of course. I mean that 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 was um, you know, it was very very exciting to be involved in Outlander. Ultimately, I ended up having to teach the cast in a very short period of time because none of them were speakers. I mean, very few of them had a camera how, you know, a, how are you? You know, very <laughs> few of them had that. But everyone gave a, a terrific effort. And um, there were nights where I would be, you know, zooming back up the motorway after, a, a you know, an 11-hour day, just sort of pinching myself, going, this is ludicrous. I'm the Scottish Gaelic consultant on a Hollywood television show. This is, this is, really, this is really weird. Is this really happening? And I'm, I'm a kind of a, I'm an iconoclast. I don't, I don't get starstruck meeting famous people or anything like that. I just, they're just people, and I work yeah. with some, you know, all the biggest names in Scotland: Bill Patterson, Doogie Henshaw, and exactly. Gary Lewis. And, yeah. um, and but they were just fantastic guys. They're just lovely Scottish guys, you know. So the the, the thrill for me was the fact that I suppose I'd watched some of them when I was a mm-hmm. child or a teenager on the telly. <laughs> during that period before the social media age you know celebrities were genuinely sort of an untouchable and you you, you kind of thought of them as, as being completely distanced from yourself and you would never ever cross paths with them so here's yeah. me sitting watching the crow road with valerie edmonds and Bill i Patrick love that and show beautiful I, and love that. I was watching <laughs> that recently sorry i'll not digress a great show. So, so there, there's there's me, obviously, 17 years old, you know, uh, totally fancied Valerie Edmonds and totally, <laughs> totally, admi- totally admired Bill Patterson. And then the next thing, you know, I'm working on episode five of, of Outlander and, and I've got the, you know, I've got them in, in my 
my office at different points for a, for a, for a lesson. For our listeners that aren't viewers of Outlander, it's a you know it's set in Scotland, doesn't it? And it's throughout different mm-hmm. time periods. And as you mentioned, huge names acting within it. Before I'd watched any of it myself, I was saying to Inca that I've got friends down in England and the woman was saying, oh, have you seen Outlander? I've taken to watching an episode with a dram of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And her husband chimed in, it's kilty porn. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt intrigued. The American ladies were calling it knee porn. porn, <laughs> hilarious. Growing up on the Isle of Mull, of all the Gaelic classes I attended in primary school, I seem to have come out with Happy New Year and, uh-huh. which I overuse and say inappropriate things like Rock Agus Roll, Mark's Agus Spencer's, <laughs> I can say um, Roast Potatoes, which uh-huh. can come in handy, and the Gaelic for Boobs and Bum. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, that's <Sure>. useful. <laughs> I, I, I was actually just up uh, at a fella's house just the other week there, um, and myself and the, the charity that I'm the convener of, Dorloch, uh, we, we, we put together a new questionnaire to ask, you know, terms for things that normally aren't asked. And, and a lot of those terms were actually anatomical things that when they were doing big surveys of the language in the past to, to get, you know, the different dialect words and that before they all died away, of course, they were too polite to ask these words. And we thought, well, if we don't ask them, they're going to be gone. And they're words that you need because if the language is going to go on into the future, when all these young people that are learning it get into adulthood and they need to be able to talk about natural things that are part of life, they're not going to have the vocabulary. Um, no, no shame at all. They just gave us all the words for absolutely everything you can imagine. It was brilliant, though. No, no, none of that Victorian Mary Whitehouse nonsense going on. It was like everything was just right up front about it. And, we had a good laugh. It was great. Whiskey sisters. Thing about the whiskies and and the distilleries and and any place names in Scotland. The fact is that the, the forms that you see. Um, I mean, all the Gaelic forms have been put on road signs now, which is a great thing. But before that, what you would see is basically sort of anglicised versions of Gaelic words. So it's spelt in what the the map makers who were recording these names at the time thought was a phonetic form. Um, oh, what, really? what, happens is that, um, what happens is that when you write the Gaelic words in, in what's called, you know, regarded as phonetic English, English speakers can't make any sense of them. Gaelic speakers can't make any sense of them. <laughs> so it, they just fall down a hole in the middle. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the whiskies and distilleries fall into that category. So you have to sort of, I'll, I'll admit it is quite fun, though, sometimes to, you have to pick the Gaelic words out of these fossilised forms to, ah. to get back to the true meaning, you know. <laughs> um, whereas actually Gaelic orthography, although it looks challenging when you look at all the H's everywhere in it, when you first see you know, words written <laughs> down, it's actually 90% regular and one of the most sensible spelling systems on the planet. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not quite as tight phonetically as Finnish or Spanish, but it's <laughs> It's up, it's up there. It's close. Oh. Once you understand what these combinations do, they very rarely let you down. Because mm-hmm. you spend your life in English going, wait a minute, enough, through, though, plough, <laughs> you know, pick up. <laughs> when people say it, they're all spelled the same and yet they sound different. Or you've got the words right, right, right and right. 
but you're all defecating, <laughs> but they're all spelt different, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it, that kind of thing doesn't happen with Gaelic language, which is um, a real, real bonus. Should we try to pronounce some of these names? Like, come on, although you're already doing this in your second language, come on, come on, me, my competitive streak is coming out here. My Scottish <laughs> is not too bad. My Scottish is not too bad. Yeah, your vocabulary <laughs> is more extensive than mine. Yeah. Right. So you've got the lists there, then. Yes, the we have. Aye. Right. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just ask you some at random then. So I've done okay. my research on these, so I know roughly what the etymology is for for the majority of them. But we'll see how you get on. Then I'll give you the correct pronunciation. Um, and then I'll just chat briefly through the etymology of each one. Does that seem reasonable? That's perfect. perfect. Yeah. Passion. Right, okay. Who's going who who wants to go first? I'll do it. And so let, let's go with what must be a reasonably easy one. Number five. Glengarry. Close. Close. <laughs> uh, any advance on that? I'll try Glengarach. Right. Oh, yeah. You're you you're always start a wee bit off because it has an eye in it. Right. So anybody want to try it again? Glengarrioch. <laughs> Glengarry. Uh -huh, right. <laughs> Glengarriach. 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 Right. Oh, and so it's not actually that different how it's written. No, no. Oh. Now, as I say, obviously, this is a fossilization of, of a Gaelic form. And the word garig that is part of the, that second word there, garig means it can mean like a stone dike or a, or a turf dike. It can mean a garden, or it can mean a warren, like a rabbit warren. Oh. So mm. um, the original Gaelic would have been Glengariach, and it means the small valley of warrens or walls or gardens, depending on what's there. I don't know the exact geographical oh, context. Cool. I love that you like have researched the etymology of the yeah. word. That just makes so much sense. Okay, next one. How about uh, number two? Okay, uh, I think I've heard that this is said Lejek, Lejek or something like that, Lejek. And I've heard it a few different ways, so I'll go Lejek. I see. Well, when I found the original Gaelic for it, it would suggest that it's Lejek. Oh, yeah. now, say, that, say that again, can you please? Yeah, yeah. Lejek. Lejek. So, now that's me just pronouncing the L. With it, with, it, with it, it, pronouncing it as a slender Gaelic L, but of course in English you would just say Ledig. Ledig. Aye. Ah. I, I would imagine. Now I've I've heard it spoken aloud by a few whiskey mm -hmm. aficionados, but none of them are fluent speakers either. Yeah. So um, you know, the, 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 I'm sure the master of uh, distillation at the distillery himself will have the inside scoop on it. Well, it's a nice drop, isn't it? It's a real session drop. You can drink that all night. We'll just be dropping that pronunciation mm. all over Tobermory now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not dropping the whiskey all over Tobermory. <laughs> <laughs> ah, smashing. Right, okay. How about, how about number nine? Uh, okay. Clunelish. Uh, any, any advance on that, Jennifer? I would maybe say Kleinish. If I'm if I'm looking at it correctly here, let's hear the second L though. Oh, Glenelish, Glenelish. I don't know. Glenelish. <laughs> Glenelish. There you go. That's it. Glenelish. Yep. Oh. Now again, I've never been to this distillery. I've never met anyone who works there. I've I've not actually drank um, the whiskey myself. 
So I might have it wrong, but but the area that it's in is in is in as far as I'm aware, the parish of Klein. Okay. So it's likely to be Kleinish. Uh yeah. Yeah. That sounds now, familiar, actually. <laughs> uh huh. Back to uh, Leddig for a second. There, um, I'm not sure what that means. I forgot to say that Klein. Um, Clown means a scant or an angle, so it, it, it could be the the, the Clown parish, so the the, the the parish that sits on a bit of an angle, a bit of a slope. In terms of the Lish, I haven't the first clue what that is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible to originally have been Lease. Now, Lease is another word for a garden or an orchard, yeah. so it could be the, the the orchard or garden on the, on the sloping field. It, it's, it's possible, you know. Nice. And as you say, Inca, it kind of rhymes with delish. Yeah. <laughs> That's I've not tried either, so I don't even know if it is delish. <laughs> no. But I think there's a reason they've got that at the end there. That's that subliminal messaging that. Gallic um, marketers. That's it. Right. Um, how about uh, number seven? How does that grab you? Toravaig, Toravaig, Toravaig. Okay, any advance on that? I'll go Torbeg. Okay, so in this case, Inca was closer. Um, I got one point. (laughs) Again, I've never heard it said, but I would say Toravaig. Toravaig. The the final Vic is quite possibly um, the same as Wick, the town up in Caithness, the same as Uig. Uh, the, the, the village in, in Sky with the fairy leaves in the West Isles. Oh, okay. And it comes from the the, the Viking word uh, Vic, which is, is, a, is a type of bay, an inlet to a bay. Oh, a actually, bay. when you just said it, how you pronounced it sounded very Scandinavian to me. Yeah, yeah. Bada brow, bada brow. Now, Tora, I mean, there's a few things that could be it could be from Torach originally, which means fertile. It could be from Tor, which means a mound or lump. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be from uh, Torav or Tarav, which means a bull. There's a few options there, and I, and I couldn't I couldn't find a, a definitive uh, etymology mm-hmm. on it. But anyway, that was pretty good going. Okay, um, number four should be fairly simple. Okintoshin. Okay, any advance on that? I'm going similar. Okintoshin. Okay. So you're spot on, other than you're pronouncing the CH as a hard K. Okay. So, ah, Yeah, Ochendoshen. It's what's called a velar fricative at the back of the throat there. It's the K. And apparently this is from Achenoshen. So Achenoshen being the field of the corner. So a field that's in a corner area, an area that's that's bounded by something, by, I don't know, an actual boundary or something that makes a corner. So I don't know where the T has come in. Achenotion is Achenotion is how you would say that in Gaelic. Good reminder, actually, with the CH, because I just recently learned how to say Kilhoman. So that's the same, right, isn't it? Kilhoman, that's right. Yeah. Good, good. Excellent. I will remember that. Well, uh, Ochentorshan Ochen isn't that far away from Glasgow, so maybe we should yep. convene there for drams to discuss further. Yes. Uh, that would be a good idea. That's another Fleming very nice session whiskey, a bit like Lydic that just goes down far too easy for comfort, <laughs> you know. That, this, this one always trips people up, so I'm interested to hear how you how you'd say it. Number three. Cool, Ela. I'm not confident in this. Kaulila. Okay, 
Right, so you're both more or less correct on the last part. The only thing you've got wrong, really, is just that vowel sound. The A-O in Gaelic gives an E. Um, it's like somewhere between an U and an E. So if you just say, try and hit somewhere in the middle, you get an E. Cool, Ila. Cool. Cool. Cool, Ila. Yeah. The, the the second word should be a capital I with a grab accent, L-E. And the E as in, when I say an E, I mean an E. So it's E-de. E-de. Mm, <laughs> but what, what they've done again there is that word's become fossilised and, and they've got it sort of almost phoneticised like Ela, but it's actually Ela, Ela. Mm, yep. That sounds really go. lovely when you say it, actually. Well, it means the sound of Ela because that's what's oh, right yeah, next to the artillery. The festival is face Ela. Oh, I don't know. Face. Yep. Yeah, face Yeah, there's no more beautiful view than from uh, the shores of, of Isla, uh, where the distillery is, across to Jura with the, the Paps of Jura in the distance. That's absolutely beautiful. Oh, incredible. Right. How about number one? Our favourite, Bunavin. Yep. Uh huh. I think I tend to say it like Bunahavin. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're both pretty close. So, Bunahaven, Bunahaven's how I hear people saying it in English. So, that's how the fossilized version of, uh, you know, the actual distillery name is, is Bunahaven. In, in Gaelic, in standard Gaelic, you would hear people say Bunahainye. Um, oh. But it, it appears to be that in, in, in Isla Gaelic, it's uh, Bunahavinye. And in fact, it may well be that Isla folk would say Bunahavinye or Bunahavin. Ah. I, I I would think Isla folk would say Bunna Heaven. Bunna Heaven. Yeah, um, because a lot of uh, as are rendered a eh in the Isla dialect. Mm. So if you say to an Isla person, you say Jimahau, how are you? Instead of saying <laughs> Hagama, which everybody knows if they've ever you know gone done a bit of Duolingo, Gaelic or whatever, Hagama, Isla folk will say Hagame. So, um, it, and that it, it, would explain why you hear we've spoken on our podcast before, Inca, haven't we? How you hear quite a few different pronunciations mm. of it, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Bunna Heaven is, is, a, is a place as well, a distillery, but Bunna Heaven worked perfectly, definitely. Well, fine. we've not let ourselves down too much, Inca, because no. you know, <laughs> we bonded no. over our mutual love of this whiskey, so we've done well there. Our first episode was basically our love letter to the distillery, and we were talking about the the whiskey that um, Jen is sending you over, which we ha still have no idea how to oh. say it. So, toy toy check agar. I don't know if you've seen that one. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, touch up, touch up toy is it? T e e a c h. Yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, touch up, touch up just means smoking. Yeah, the one we're sending you is smoky too, because it's the second cool. release. Oh, toy lovely. Yeah. So winging its way to you. Love it. Totchak. Totchak. I got Totchak. Totchak. You really will want to consult you for every episode now. You'll be <laughs> you'll be deleting our <laughs> <her> number. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about number uh, number ten? Nervous. Teenich. Okay, any advance on that? Teenich. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you, you, you've made a big deal of that one, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> what the? It was the nerves. It was the nerves. Uh, oh, well, listen, we'll put you at your misery. It's, um, Inca, you were, you were fairly close. 
Um, if you see a T next to an ear and eye, it will be soft, though, in Gaelic. So I would say it's Chananich. What? Ah, That's really yeah. Chananich. Yeah. Now, again, the people who work there, the folk who are most au fait with that particular expression of our national drink, may well see it completely differently. But as a, as a, as a Gael, looking at it a, a, as yeah. a fossilised form, I would say that it's Chananich. What on earth it means, I really have no idea. Now, Chan, if you put an extra N after the first N there, Chan means tight. Chan, Chanan, Anich, Anich, No, I mean, it's, it's no. I'll, I just, no, there's no point in me trying to guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done, Inca. Well earned. No, 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 you're definitely close there. Um, let's have a stab then at the the, the, the other uh, uh, Isla malt we've got on the list here, number six. Okay, that would be Prulady. Okay, any advance on that? Prulady? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, that's Brook pretty Laddie. much it. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's more like, because they have the classic Laddie. Laddie. That, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. So, um, the, the, the Gaelic is Bruach but in Isla, they don't pronounce a final ich. They say they just have e. So that's mm, why it's right. not brichlatish. It's just brichlati. Ah, yeah. Ah. That's it. Sounds so, better. Aye, aye. And that's why, yeah, exactly. The classic like The most difficult for the last one. Aye. <laughs> so... I but, don't have a Scooby. Oh, well, see, it's unfortunate because if you did have a Scooby, that, that, that would pretty much bring you to a tie. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. I, I, think on, I think on balance, Jennifer's probably just about five, four up on this. Bring it. Right, so um, okay. uh, in the equaliser, number eight. Agnoch. Agnoch. Right, okay. That's interesting, though. Right, Jennifer, give me your version. Agnoch. Okay, you were you were closer, and it's it's wow. not as to a tie. Um, <laughs> what you did was you, you did pronounce the k the the k the k sound in the middle, which is there. The the problem with the final sound is that you could never guess what it was because it involves something that's called pre-aspiration, which means there's a velar fricative at the back of the throat before a final voiced k sound. K. You both had the k at the end. But it actually has a k after the k and the n, right? Which is one of the irregularities in Gaelic. In some places, it's pronounced as an n after a c or a g, but in a lot of places, it just turns into an r because it's easier to say. So rather than in knoch, it's in groch. In groch. In groch. Oh Listen, my I don't know if we should visit right. here because that is a tricky one. Let's see if we can get this final sound going, right? Because it is challenging. So imagine you're doing, as, as the Americans would call it, hawking a loogie, right? And you're going... Oh! <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. So, you know, it, it's like uh, after seven double Lefroigs, you know, and uh, <laughs> you, come out, you, come out the, you come out the Ben Nevis on Argyle Street in Glasgow and you're just like, oh... <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> mental uh, skin in my throat here. Need to get some of that up. <laughs> so what we what we're trying to then do is say in groch. In groch. Close. In groch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not far off. Right. Yes. 
And, and do, do I know it's a heck of a lot simpler than saying it is translating it because it just means the hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're thinking that actually translates some kind of you know horrendous disease of the esophagus or something, but it, it, it doesn't actually. It just means the hell. Do you know that's amazing? Thank you so much for for um, yeah, facilitating our competition, and we'd be super keen to hear our listeners thoughts on the pronunciations and if they want mm. to send us like some voice notes of how they pronounce things that would be really amazing to hear as well wouldn't it Matthew, so <laughs> you, you, you were wanting to know what I've got in my glass tonight yes we, well, we wanted to know what you're sipping I don't have anything just yet but what I'm going to do is very very loudly open this bottle of Lafroy oh, there yes the unmistakable sound a, a lovely it's sound a 10 and Classic. the reason I thought it would be an appropriate one to be drinking tonight was because it's the very first dram that I ever tried. Oh, starting classy. Imagine no starting with that and trying to get into single malt by drinking a Laphroaig first. Not drinking some lovely sort of sweet enticing thing like Talisker. You know, like starting with Laphroaig 10. <laughs> <laughs> and we heard that you might have a bit of a distillery tale. As you're sipping your Laphroaig, I wouldn't mind hearing it. Um, a wee bit of lore from the area that I grew up in, just north of Dunabruish, in a place called Glendarool, or Glendarool as they say in English. Again, there's your fossilised form coming in. Um, I'm just going to roll a wee bit of this Laphroaig in my gums before I get started, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. wet, wet, wet my trapple, you know. Got to love the Isle of Iskies. Jen, get on board. Definitely, and it's funny, I've noticed that a fair wee bit of variation in, in Laphroaig 10s that I've got. Some of them have been really, despite the, the fact that they've got this big hairy arse peak thing right at the base <laughs> of the flavour, some of them have been, some of them have been, have been have had a little more complexity than others. They've had a bit more balance. They've had, you know, a spread of flavours throughout the experience mm-hmm. of drinking a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And other ones are just a bit dull. You know, it's, it's, it's basically, it's, it's just a mouthful of peak. It's interesting that the variation that you can get between bottles just with a couple of years having gone by, you know? Wonders anyway, so the tale comes from just north of Tunabruish in, in Glendarool. And a couple of hundred years ago, there was quite a bit of illicit stilling went on. And you, you have to remember another thing about the Highlands, you see, is that whiskey isn't really a Highland thing, historically. Whiskey is a mm-hmm. lowland thing. And yeah. the Highlanders used to regard the lowlanders as, you know, pale-faced, whiskey-drinking Jessies, really, you know? And, and to drink whiskey was seen as very uncultured because, of course, you didn't have single malts at that, that time, the way we understand them now. You didn't have these very, very sort of, um, you know, deliberately, cognizantly thought-about expressions of, of, of Scotch whiskey. You know, it, it was just whatever you could, you could brew, you know, d- distill in, in your, your pot still. As time went on, stilling moved into the Highlands as it was in the Lowlands. And illicit distilling was, was the way that uh, people could make their own whiskey and also make some to pass around and make some to sell. Um, but of course, the gaugers or the gadgers, as they came to be known, the, the gadger in, in, in Gaelic, they would be going round um, to get a hold of people who were illicit stilling and, and put them out of business and sometimes people were getting arrested and fined and hauled up to court and all the rest of it. Now, one day the, the gadger came um, across to Glendarool thinking he would take the people there by surprise. So he came over from Otter Ferry 
And he was coming across to Alloch and Drown, which is the pass that leads through to Glendaroo. But of course, a boy had been sent up to, to keep watch because, you know, they were pretty fairly certain that the gadgers were in the area. So the boy spots the gadger coming down, he comes into the glen and he lets everybody know. So the folk who would normally be at the stilling, they go up into their wee you know, secluded woodland bit next to their stream for their nice supply of water for their stilling and they take the still down. And the, the fellow who does this packs it into uh, the buyer uh, that's connected to his house. But when he does this, the gadger comes down into the glen looking for illicit distilling. But as he wanders around, he finds absolutely nothing. Despite the fact that he's been tipped off, he can't find a still that he's looking for. So eventually he gets to the door and uh, he, he says, um, look, I'm, I'm looking for gadgers around here. You know, do you know anything about gadgers? Oh, no, I wouldn't know anything about that, the fella said. But, I mean, you're welcome in. So the gadger sort of looks at the way the weather's going and says, hi, I'll come in for a wee while, you know. Before he knows it, he's sitting in a chair with his coat having been taken from him and hung up and he's in front of the fire and he's got a nice scran, he's got oat cakes and he's got cheese and, and he's got a wee <laughs> bit of mutton and whatever else is going. And there he's sitting at the fire and enjoying himself. What, of course, then transpires is that the... the, the the uh, hospitable householder then offers him a dram. Oh, no, I couldn't take a dram. I mean, I'm, I'm out here looking for the dram. And, oh, no, no, this is the best <laughs> stuff, though. This, this is only the good stuff, you know. Oh, right, oh, well, it's, it's, it's real illicit rubbish I'm looking for. So, yeah, well, I'll have, yes, oh, why not, you know. <laughs> so he has a wee dram, and the wee dram turns into two, and two wee drams turns into three, and, well, we all know that story. So he ends up absolutely sloshed. <laughs> and uh, falls asleep in front of the fire. Wakes up the next day, have, you know, uh, his coat draped over him, realised he's, he's slept in the, the hearth in front of the fire with his coat over him. Drunk as a skunk from the night before and still under the effects. And <laughs> and he stands up and he, and, and he feels a bit foolish. Anyway, as he's standing up to go, or really must go, and oh, well, you'll, 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 uh, you'll need your coat then. So as he's just about to leave... The householder comes up behind him and helps him on with his coat. And as the coat falls full weight onto his shoulders, he realises it's very heavy. He doesn't have the heart to look and see what's in the coat. He just leaves because he's embarrassed. And as he walks up over Bellach and Drown, he reaches into his two coat pockets and pulls out two bottles of the locally, <laughs> illegally distilled <laughs> So... <laughs> And so there, there's, there's, there's the story. And as we say, uh, my hukam. If it's a, a lie, I tell. It's a lie, I was told. Fantastic. He was charmed by the drums. Yeah. That's a, a, exactly. Yeah. 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 The drum meister, the very fella who's been stilling up in the wood next to the stream, absolutely hoodwinked him. <laughs> Agav, could you actually, before you go, could you help mm -hmm. Inca and I out with some toasts, some things we can say, traditional sayings when we're having a dram? So, um, things that we like to say in, in Gaelic, um, and you, you may not um, necessarily be able to re repeat the Gaelic every time you need to use it, but you can use the English and retain the sentiment. We say, and it's um, for every day I see you and every day I don't forever. It's a toast to the people in your company and the people not in your company, to those who are living and those who are deceased. And oh, it's, it's, my heart is melting over that toast. <laughs> Aye, it's also a Jacobite toast. So it, it sort of um, gives a wee nod to the prince. And, you know, as a Gael, of course, I've always 
always got a soft spot in my heart for the Prince, as any self-respecting girl would. Can you say <laughs> that again slowly for us, Agaf? Aye, so, a hula wa a hi snachaich brach. A hula havach a hi a ho a brach. Well, you get some of the vowels right. After that, you can just say slangevol, and that means big health, great health. Ah, yeah. rather than slangevar. Oh, slangevar, slangevar. There's no R in the end. Oh, slanche slanche and slanche, oh. slanche, slanche is just it's just like cheers. You yeah, know? they're gorgeous. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for today and all this help with all these translations um, and all the oh, little stories. It's really, really good. Before we go, we always like to ask our guests about the dream dram. What is your dream dram and who would you like to share it with? Uh, any famous person dead or alive? Well, the dream dram is is is, a, is an absolute cliche and it's um, there's no hesitation for me. It's like a bull in 16. That's it, you know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> who would I like to share it with? Well, I would like to share it with a woman who's no longer with us who passed away in 2013. Her name is Katrina otherwise and better known as Kay Mattison, who was one of the four students who liberated the Stone of Destiny in 1950 <gasps> from Westminster Abbey. Wow. And I met, her, I met her only once when she was in a care home in the last year of her life. And I'm very, very glad she did. And I, and I sung her a few Gaelic songs in the... In the hall, and there were there were lots of old ladies, old Gaelic speaking ladies round about us. And I'll never forget the the one of the the care home assistants came up and she said, "Well, Kay, what about that getting serenaded in Gaelic first thing in the morning? Eh, can't get much better than that." And Kay Madison, the woman who liberated the Stone of Destiny for Scotland, says to me, "You know, so says to her rather, oh, and from such a handsome young fellow." <laughs> Yeah, that was it. That was that was my life, mate. Nice. Yeah. Whiskey sisters, whiskey fact. This is a fact that I'm sure many whiskey drinkers already know. But if there are some newbies out there and our listeners, I just wanted to give this a mention. So it's a common misconception that single malt whiskey is the production of just one cask when in fact it's the product of a single distillery and may actually come from several casks therein. Yes exactly uh, that's probably something we should have clarified before uh, when we were talking about different cask finishes yeah. and, or basics like whiskey tasting and so on but yeah the label then would state if the whiskey is from a single cask. So then you know it could be yeah. still a single malt from a single cask. But most of the time, you know, it's not. And they use loads of different yeah, casks. Loads of different ones. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed our Gaelic episode and that we haven't confused you even more when it comes to pronunciation of distillery names. I think the key takeaway is just give it a go. What about yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Because some of the, in proper Gaelic, they are even more different than what you hear yeah. even at the distillery people saying. So it's a little bit confusing, but just, yeah. We'll all get there in the end. Whiskey yeah. sister style, just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> and like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, make sure and tag us, get involved, come along for the pronunciation journey with us and we'll share them in our social media. In next week's episode, we will be heading to Nick Neen Distillery. And we have another guest appearance as Anna Paul Thomas will join us for a quick chat. 
Really looking forward to that. So tune in and pour yourself a dram. Meanwhile, please keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram. Send us a little message. Our Instagram is whiskeysisters.podcast. Our Twitter is Whiskey Sisters and Facebook is Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Arrivederci, Jennifer. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you later, Inca. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> 